0: Uh, so Luke chapter one, again, in verse 26, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, some completely insecure town in the middle of nowhere land, to a virgin pledged to be in marriage to a man named Joseph, who was actually a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. How did you hear, how do you hear this as you read this? I mean, how, does that, how is Gabriel speaking to Mary, do you think? Mary was quite understandably greatly troubled at his words, uh, a.k.a. freaked out, wouldn't you be? It's the angel Gabriel in your bedroom. I mean, like, whoa. I think Santa's a shocker. Right? Uh, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You're going to be with child and give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. I mean, that's a message. Uh, How will this be? Mary very reasonably asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. There's a little bit of paraphrase, by the way haven't spotted that how will this be mary asked the angel since i'm a virgin the angel answered the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so the holy one to be born will be called the son of god even elizabeth your elderly relative is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren in her is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with god god is god Of the possible. How are we going to think about this morning? Well, three ways. First, to repeat God makes the insignificant significant. He makes the places we don't think are important important. He makes the people we don't think are important extremely important. Um, He makes us who are kind of nothing really important. Um, So let's explore this idea a little bit about significance and insignificance and sometimes how we talk about ourselves and sometimes how we see ourselves. Uh, first, maybe it's the second controversy. If the first controversy was elderly women can get pregnant, And um, The second is this. Um, somebody was tweeting this week. It's really sort of gripped me, particularly this season. And the ordination is of the devil. And I think they were being slightly cheeky. But in fact, there's a little point there, because I think sometimes, particularly in the Christmas season, we start to get a little bit super religious, uh, as people did then. It was still the time. Uh, Mary was completely the wrong person to be carrying the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Apart from all the stuff of, like, who on earth is he and how this is all happening. She was the wrong person in this story. The person that should have been carrying the Son of God arguably was Elizabeth, who was the high priest's wife. You think, surely it was her? Surely. Mm -hmm. But in fact, no. It's this slightly somewhat obscure, random lady called Mary. God makes the insignificant significant. And the significant stuff, not so. And people at the time were desperate to see Christ arrive. Uh, there was a whole religious, very strong religious movement to see Jesus arrive. They didn't know his name would be Jesus at the time. They were looking for the Messiah. Um, and seeking him and trying to work towards him. A whole religious system that was designed to do that. You could meet God once in a, in a box, in effect, in the temple. Uh, and ask him to come again. But no, it was Mary in the middle of nowhere. She was... Willing, ready, waiting, as we'll see in a moment. Uh, I'd argue insigni- completely insignificant. Yet was her. Um, God calls us. Now, I, again, I, I don't want to sort of completely wreck your sense of self-esteem this morning, but you're not that significant. None of us sort of are, are we? Yeah. I, uh, with a, maybe a couple of... Exceptions, maybe, maybe some of you have some roles that are um, fairly important in the Guernsey community, maybe. But most of us are kind of insignificant. We're here and we're gone, sorry. Um, we're, you know, we do our stuff and leave the planet at some point. Not that significant, yet in God's eyes, we are super significant, completely significant. First here is allow ourselves this morning to know that in God's eyes, we are the most significant people. We have no real status, honestly, really. But we're the most significant people. He lives and works in us. He does his thing in us. He multiplies us. He takes our little bits and makes his stuff significant. Love it. Uh, The other place where Jesus should have been born uh, was in maybe a a castle or some such. It's nice, in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere, in the middle of nothing. All the wrong people are in this story in our minds. it's all the right people in his. Um, The history of mankind, the biblical history, and in fact post-biblical history, is littered with us trying to create significance. And God just sweeping that away and saying, what we think is significant isn't. Whether it's a tower of Babel we're trying to climb to God, or status and position and power, no, 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 no. The challenge for me, and I'm going to share it with you this morning at this point, uh, is therefore where do, I play, where do I pay my attention? Where am I, where am I putting my eyes? Uh, where am I putting myself? What am I trying to pursue? Um, am I choosing to spend time with the people who I think I might sort of rub off in their kind of reflected glory? Uh, or in fact, am I spending time with people that otherwise wouldn't be seen as significant in our community? Because that's where God is. That's where he is. Uh, Second is he's creative. I love this. I just love this idea of um, Mary getting pregnant because the Holy Spirit is sort of overshadowing her. And I'm right back now to Genesis chapter one. You know I love this Uh, at the beginning, right at the beginning of the Bible. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters, and it's a bit like he's hovering over Mary's womb here. We are going to talk about wombs again. Yes, I know I'm a man. (laughs) Deep breath. But like he's hovering over her life. He's creating life in her. He's hovering over her, literally. A little bit like uh, the beginning, right at the beginning of all creation. And this is what he does. He hovers over the waters. He hovers and he, he brings life. Let there be light. Let there be life, he says. He's just done this with Elizabeth's barren womb. And he's doing it with Mary, who is a virgin. Like, so he, here we are again. It's the Holy Spirit who creates life. We kind of don't create it ourselves. We get, we become part of it. But it's God who does this. this. If you can imagine this this morning, God's hovering over your lives. He's hovering over us all the time, constantly, around. Kind of saying constantly, I think, "Let there be life. Let there be life." You might say to me this morning, "Yeah, but Phil, this is just like..." This this part of my life is devastation. It feels barren. It's not a word we often use these days in some ways, thankfully. But this is is a complete mess. He said, let there be life. I'm hovering, let there be life. I've been speaking this week to a few people. It's a running theme this week about um, adults whose parents have been somewhat annoying. Uh, In fact, I'd go as far as to say manipulative and abusive in that uh, setting. Um, And a couple have said to me in a church setting in the UK, i uh, feel i really must spend time with them because i need to make them a better person so it's god who does that you know if, if they're a bad person for you to be around and don't be around them let god do his thing let there be life he does it he's hovering around all the time are there some scenarios you're thinking of this morning you think you know that might as well be dead That scenario, it's just no improving it. Such and such a person, they're never going to change. Such and such a work environment is never going to get better. Such and such, maybe physical, literal thing is just not going to be improved. It's like a desert. Well, God says, you know, let there be life. This is what he does. How can I get pregnant, says Mary? I'm a virgin. Let there be life. It's the Holy Spirit at work. How can my cousin Elizabeth, who is elderly, Uh, Get pregnant, let there be life, he says. Constantly hovering. This is what he does, I love it. Uh, What was the world before God? Well, nothing. What were we before God? Dust. What will we become again? Dust. Yet with his power, he says, let there be life. There is more. Um, I'm not sure if anybody's planning a family at the moment. I love this question because somebody might answer. Are you planning a family at the moment? Yes, Phil. Hmm. Great. Uh, family planning. God is all about family planning. And in fact, again, the richness of the story uh, through the uh, whole Bible, really, about fertility and planning is, is immense. Like right from the beginning of the um, people of God with Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was 91 when she got pregnant. If you're 91, it's still time still time people there is still time can you imagine Uh, because God says look in your strength and your plans I know what you need to do to go and get pregnant what do you do to get pregnant somebody please say sex that's what we do to get pregnant right yeah but in God's world he says let there be a different way including to Mary let there be life there is life to Sarah let there be life there's life we have our plans but in fact God has different plans where there's promise, he he does his own thing. It makes things possible. God, that person's never going to change. This is rhetorical. Please don't answer. Um, around over Christmas, are you likely to have people around your house? You think, hmm, they're a bit of a pain. It's probably me, candidly, but they're a bit of a pain. They're never going to change. We just have to have such and such around. They're never going to change. In fact, you know, in our approaches and our efforts, they might not. But in God's eyes, they will change. They can be changed. He transforms things. Nothing is impossible for him. Why do we think things are impossible when God says they are possible? It's a rhetorical question. Why why do we talk ourselves out of these things? I love Mary's response. We'll look at a few moments of her, her response, but she's not saying, nah, you're crazy, or, or what's going on. She just says kind of yes. We make stuff up, we make our plans, yet it's his power that actually brings change. It's his power, not our ways and our plans. If you're, as I was thinking about this, this morning, I'm thinking about areas of devastation. If you think about places that have been absolutely devastated visually, Uh, I think there are some here who feel like parts of your lives are devastated, like they've been wrecked. And whilst God doesn't enjoy that, he transforms it. He's hovering over those areas of devastation. And he says, my will will be done. It's my power. Let there be life. And you might say it's impossible. And he says, good. Good you can't do this. But of course he can. So he turns this insignificance as significant, sometimes the other way around too, where we think there's nothing that can be done. He says, great, sort of, uh, because he can. And third, let's think about Mary's response here. Absolutely love her response. Um, it's quite a challenge for me really as well, because um, despite what might seem as a fairly confident exterior, I do sometimes dither. Do you dither? I dither or flap about like a pigeon, uh, or kind of sort of overthink, might be a more polite phrase to put put in, or kind of boing around, you know, and I think like Mary didn't, I know she got pregnant, so kind of she couldn't, I suppose, but I do love her response. She says at the end of all of this bit of drama, this is a probably, I mean, how long did this take, do you think? Is this a 10 hour discussion. I mean, it strikes me as probably a few minutes, really, like five, 10 minutes perhaps of chat with the angel Gabriel, like a life changing moment. Uh, and she just concludes with, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. In other words, I'm God's servant. I'll do as you say. And then the angel left her. I'd want a discussion at this point. Can we have a bit more of a chat? uh what's going to happen here what's going on where's he going to be born what's the problem what's occurring Ow! Oh, what's occurring like kind of chat um but she says i'm the lord's servant and the angel left <laughs> ta-da i like, think so what can we learn from mary here um do you know i think that's an amazing attitude to adopt a- in any scenario god i'm your servant may it be as you have said whatever or well, however we express that and let's get on with it what a what a thing she didn't dither. She didn't reject the call. She didn't kind of say no, you got the wrong Mary. You need Mary up the roads. Not this Mary, that Mary. You need the Mary who goes to whatever the equivalent of church was, that Mary of the synagogue. You need really religious Mary or you need that amazing parent, I don't know, the other Mary. You got the wrong Mary. Well, you know generally I understand archangels don't kind of visit the wrong people. I don't think I mean, not, not to my knowledge. They kind of get the right person. Uh, Jesus gets the right person. This is my messenger. It's you. And she says, fine, it's me. But you know, we sometimes reject the call that God puts on our lives. That's a real worry for me sometimes. Phil, it's you to go there. And it can, be simp- it can be simple as, please, can you just phone that person? It can be straightforward, right through to you need to, you need to apply your life to serving poor people in Nicaragua, or whatever it might be. But we can reject it. Nah, 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 nah. not me. Uh, this morning, I'm pretty convinced, in fact, there are a couple of us that uh, need to accept the call on our lives, and it could be simply just get involved in these areas or something more substantial, but we're turning it down. Mary did not reject the call. She didn't reject the promise either. Do you know what she did? She believed. Uh, This whole story then continues with Mary visiting her elderly pregnant cousin uh, called Elizabeth, um, who says to her in verse 45, you are blessed, Mary, because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. It's a simple response, isn't it, to believe. We believe that God will do and say what he says he's going to do and say. I really love the hub response. You can read it later. Um, There's nothing in here that says you believe despite all these problems. There's not a sense of problems or poverty or politics or anything negative. They're just not even mentioned. Just believed, simply believed. I'm your servant, she said. You are blessed because you believed the Lord would do what he said. I need a bit of that. I think it's called Faith. We'll be praying in a moment for more more, more faith. More faith. God, I believe that you'll do what you said you would do. Uh, This is for you to think about, not to shout out necessarily, uh, which is what has God told you he will do in your life? What has he told you? And let's believe. And it could be high-level stuff like, I believe that I have a plan and a purpose for you, post whatever this world is, uh, that there is a hope and a future for you. That could be the core of belief. Or something a little bit more local and gritty. Like, I will bless you with a child, even though you're a little older. I believe. There will be healing. Believe. There will be reconciliation. Let's believe. You might say it's impossible. It is impossible. It's because he's God. <sighs> Let's believe. He does it. Oh, whatever's on you, what's he promised you? I am your servant, God, and I believe you will do what you said open brackets, even though my little plan around it doesn't seem to work. Of course it doesn't work. It's God who does it. A few other things here. Um, there's the Mary's song, which I'm not going to read. I, I was toying with the idea of trying to sing this to you, uh, but I thought that would just be completely ridiculous, so I'm not doing it. Um, so Mary's song It's full, absolutely pack loaded with joy. It's almost like the advent has crescendo. This is day 24 on the Nespresso calendar, where I'm going to get a cup. Uh, Or day 24 on the fidget toy calendar, when it is going to be a hundred poppets popping out of a poppet. Or whatever on earth is in the rituals calendar, I'm imagining now a bath is going to emerge from this thing, but who knows what's going to come out of the ritual calendar. And this is the crescendo of almost the advent, isn't it? The stuff's um, all happening and it's just an explosion of joy. I love it. If you're feeling a little bit Christmas grumpy, and it is, you know, we can't get Christmas grumpy, read this. My soul glorifies in the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. And so it goes. Who, who am I? He's seen me. He's going to pull down rulers from their thrones and build up the humble. Great. Talks about how the hungry are fed. In fact, this is prophetic because they weren't. There were still poor people at the time. Amazing, like explosion of joy in the life of this person when god reaches and touches us and we hear him and we receive him and we simply say i'm your servant i believe our lives become full of joy and that is really needed at the moment so feeling a bit christmas grumpy it's like like christmas grumpy is sort of all right but not for long let's just ask god to fill us with joy this morning last couple of questions for you and then maybe something slightly silly and then some prayer so um, if, if you're normal, <laughs> sometimes you might think, is that, is that promise, I sort of have a promise from God or an idea from God, is that actually from God or is that me making it up? It's likely you'll think that. It's, I mean, it's normal, right, I think. So here's a few hints. We'd like a few hints as to how, whether it's from God from the story or not. Is this God or is it me? Uh, there are three potent, potential hints. First, is this promise life-giving? life-giving is it life-giving because god's promises are life-giving consistently constantly life-giving i promise that such and such will be removed from your life in a really bad way it's probably not from god probably Um, i promise that there'll be reconciliation in ways you don't really understand probably is from god is it life-giving first question to sort of help you see it. Uh, here's a promise, promise from God. You're gonna have a baby, I mean, it's life-giving, literal. And the whole world will be transformed and life will come. Jesus says he came to what? I'll give life in all its fullness. If it's life-giving, it's likely from him. If it's not, then it's probably not. Uh, is it Jesus-centered or not? Fairly regular, obvious one. Um, I believe he's gonna give me a motorbike uh, because, because, uh, because then I can go and evangelise the motorbike people. That seems a bit of a stretch. Um, uh, is, if it's Jesus-centred, there's a very good chance that it's from Him. If it's self-centred, there's a very good chance it's not. Uh, what does Jesus care about? Who does Jesus care about? Where, where is He? What's His kingdom about? Because it's not really this. It's probably forward. Uh, life-giving and Jesus-centred. And the third is it's not of the prevailing empire. Uh, It's not of the prevailing empire. What on earth do I mean by that? Well, do you know, we we are influenced and loaded by the environment, culture, I'll say empire in which we're in. This is why your Christmas cards have Mary looking like a lovely, very white, nicely dressed young lady who's looks like she shops at perhaps new look or something maybe uh, rather than perhaps something more authentic that's why the shepherds tend to look very well groomed in our nice little christmas card stories don't they and then i don't know it's a lovely looking donkey apparently it was snowing uh in the middle of israel this this time of year i think that's unlikely myself but we'll see uh we sanitize it we kind of you know, when do you ever look at a Christmas card? I was trying to find one and see angels that are even black-skinned. You don't. Like, it's nuts. We are so influenced by... i preaching, sorry. I am preaching. <clears throat> We're so influenced by empire. We've whitened it, Europeanized it. In fact, I'd say sometimes our, our traditions are more to do with Queen Victoria than King Jesus this time of year. So it's Victorian, right? Uh, we're not of this prevailing empire. So, in other words, if this promise from God is, let's say, I'll make you rich, I think that's unlikely. I think that's unlikely. In fact, I'll go as far as I say it's not. He, he honors the poor, not the rich. He brings down the rich, not the, you know, not the poor. It's just not likely. I promise you, Phil, you're going to win the lottery. Oh, I don't know, really. That's probably me. Uh, I promise that I'm going to help you feed the hungry. Well, then maybe that's the thing from him, right? So the prevailing culture absolutely messes us up. I was thinking of it like this. This is a silly. Before we pray, um, a little bit like autocorrect. You know what I mean by autocorrect? If you're emailing, this is. I love this time of year because we start to um, find ourselves like away in a manager and stuff, like you know, away in a manager or. Um, angles from the realms of glory. Like, it's just, we just auto-correct the words. If you've ever done that in a text, it can be really awful. (laughs) I've had a few nightmares with that. Um, Auto-correct. Well, our community and our society, empire, in fact, auto-corrects us to, in fact, not see God as he is and to see Jesus as he is, but to, to, like, inform us poorly, (laughs) badly, like he's something he's not. We need to not auto-correct into the prevailing society. Uh, so in fact, if there's a promise from God that is life-giving, Jesus-centered, and kind of not of this world, really, not of this kingdom, there's a good chance it's from him. If it's very much, I'm gonna make you awesome, probably isn't from him. What can we learn from this? He makes the insignificant significant, that includes you and I. Uh, he's creative, let there be life, even where we don't believe there's life possible. Um, Our response is, I'll say simply, it's hard. In faith, believe. I'm your servant, I believe you. Let's pursue his promises, they're life-giving, him-focused, and not from this prevailing community.